1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the When Life Hands You Lenons podcast. But in an entry-level film production, it's one strike and you're out. You're fired. I'm not calling you back. If your goal today
0: is to make a basket, we're going to make that basket. The minute you create something, as soon as it's made tangible, you have a copyright in it.
1: How do I get our guys to sound that big, you know, that full when they do the harmonies? And I'm your host, Lennon Seahawk. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of When Life Hands You Lenins. I'm so excited to share this episode with you because it features Quinn Christofferson, who is a singer-songwriter based in Alaska, and he got his start after winning the NPR Tiny Desk competition back in 2019. And he's a transgender man, and he shares a lot of insight as to how trans people are treated In Alaska, since it is a red state, and he said that people don't often like when others are different, Um, but he thankfully had a supportive family and friend group, and he says that the LGBTQ community is very good up there. He said it's a very unique uh, culture up there as well. But we talk about his creative process, the NPR contest, Tiny Desk concert that he won, uh, the tours that he went on after, and how he's doing music full-time right now. He shares a lot of really interesting perspectives and kind of humbles you in a, in a few ways to really ground yourself as, as a creative and a musician. Uh, if you kind of doubt yourself and you question what your next step is and what you're doing with your music, uh, he really helps you really ground yourself in the stories and the goals that you're trying to achieve. Quinn will tell his stories much better than I ever will. So Before we jump into the conversation with Quinn, I want to remind you to sign up to my email list. That is the best place for me to notify you when new episodes like this are live. I'd also appreciate a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps the show get discovered by new listeners. Follow me on Instagram. I'm very active on there and love seeing and interacting with people on there. Uh, The link is in the show notes and also on my website, LennonSeahawk.com. Join my Discord server. I just started that up a few months ago, and it's going really good. And there's an amazing group of people in there, of sound designers, producers, uh, rappers, songwriters, you name it. We're all in there uh, sharing information and helping one another out. And that's a great community to get your foot in the door. If you or somebody you know would be a good guest for the show, there's a link in the show notes for a guest request form. Please fill that out, and I will be in touch. Let's kick in to the conversation with Quinn Christopherson first of all Quinn thank you so much for joining am I saying that right Quinn yeah Quinn uh, great uh, thank you so much for joining me uh, I'm really excited to, to chat with you um, thank you and hear Thanks a little bit more about me. your story and um, I think this is going to be a really good conversation uh, oh, I'm cool. interested to learn more about you and uh, the indigenous peoples and your all that stuff um, I think it's going to be an interesting conversation. So, tell us a little bit about you. Uh, first of all, you're in Alaska, correct? Yes, born and raised. Where in Alaska are you? I'm in Anchorage, so... Okay. Biggest city. So, what's the weather like there right now?
0: It's great. Um, 15 degrees right today, and snow on the ground, and... Uh, yeah, it's cold. I would say like I'd rather it be like above 20. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, so is it like that all year round or is it warmer? I mean, Alaska's always kind of this anomaly, I feel like, in weather because you guys have the, the time where it the sun doesn't hit it for like days or weeks at a time and it gets dark at like 2 in the afternoon or noon. Um, So how is that like? It's tough.
0: Yeah, the darkness really gets a lot of us here. Um, but we all kind of know it's coming and we like we're all just like trying to get outside and drag your friends out, you know, even though none of you really have the motivation to. Sure. <laughs> and it always feels good afterward, but it's hard to get out some days cuz yeah, the sun goes down like 4:30 and it feels like the day's over, but there's so much more of the day.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there is at 4.30. It's actually, I'm in Los Angeles and it's, the sun sets at like 4.50, but it yeah. gets dark at like four thirty, four fifteen ish And it's like, wait, it's only four fifteen, four thirty, And I've, I mean, I feel like I should be going to bed. Right. No, uh, I feel like I should be putting on my <clears throat> relaxing clothes and yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. It's definitely uh, much more difficult. Uh, I'm from Minnesota, so I definitely know where the cold is. But in the summertime, it, it stays light out till 10, 1030 in the night. Mm-hmm. And then when it starts getting dark at four o'clock, it's like, this is, this is quite a transition because it happens very quickly. Yeah. And it's so opposite
0: in the summertime because we, yeah, the sun just doesn't go down. And so we just don't go to sleep either.
1: Wow, what's yeah you don't it doesn't go down at all,
0: I mean, just for a little bit, like okay. it'll go down like maybe for like at four a m and then come back up five a m or something, but you'll never lose functioning like daylight, you know you'll still have that little bit of ah like lightness and it's really cool, like yeah, it's really cool,
1: interesting, so. You were born and raised in Anchorage correct yeah what's what was it like growing up there um pretty cool uh lots
0: of outdoor stuff fishing and um you know skiing in the winter ice skating and All the summer activities, hiking and stuff. It's it's like a cool place to be because nature's free, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's good to like kind of grow up around that. Mm -hmm. Camping, lots of camping. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. I bet it's just beautiful up there for that type of stuff. Um, Going to like going to school, what was it like going to school and, and kind of going through all of that? Did you go to college? I no, I didn't really go
0: to college. I think I tried a semester of it and then I like stopped.
1: <laughs> just what, what were you going? What were you? What were you ultimately going to go for?
0: Probably to find myself. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> that's a good degree.
0: I yeah. like that degree. Yeah, I just found myself way too quick, so that's why I had to
1: get out of there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got. You got. You graduated way earlier than expected. <laughs> exactly. That's good. That's good, yeah. um so how long have you been out of school and kind of doing your own thing and doing music?
0: Yeah, I never thought that I would be doing music for um like for a living. I never um planned on that or anything, so it it's been like pretty amazing past couple of years being able to do that and explore how that feels and how that's done Um, before I was doing music I was working as a counselor for the native youth in Alaska and then before that I was um, working at the uh, youth homeless shelter so like some social work stuff and um, yeah so always been like around people and inspired by people and um then I won a Tiny Desk and got to go on tours um with Courtney Barnett and Portugal the Man and a few other folks and it was like time to give the music you know my all so I could put my all into getting out there and and everything and um yeah my jobs were always really supportive of it like they wanted me to you know, take that leap. So
1: Wow. That's that's yeah. really important to have a job that supports you. Uh, especially when it's you know, you have a you have a passion for music clearly. Um and that it's always like that little bug in the back of your mind. It just like pushes you that you have to mm-hmm. do music and it's almost like a calling. And if it doesn't yeah. happen it's 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 like this weird struggle that we fight with as creatives. Because I'm a musician myself and I have I just moved my room around to my piano is here now so I can connect mm. it to my computer and I actually have something to play stuff in because before I just sequenced everything. Um, so I'm hoping this will help with the motivation and like everything is just so accessible now. But it's yeah. like that internal struggle that we all have um, of like, I have to do this, this is my calling. And it's just this interesting fight that we have with uh, with ourselves for music.
0: Yeah, I mean... Like anyone, you know, there's a lot of pieces and parts to your life. And so you can't give music or your passions like a hundred percent. And, you know, you have to work and make a living and, you know, be a partner and uh an uncle and brother and all that sort of stuff, too. And so before I was doing music full time, it was like, there's just a really small amount of time for it. Mm-hmm. And, um, so making that change and getting to really chase this passion and the art kind of every day is, um, wild. And it actually opened up a lot more freedom to like explore different emotions through writing. Cause I think before I was, using that small amount of time just to write to kind of therapize myself or feel better. And um, yeah, since having more time, I've been able to really explore a lot more feelings and zoom in on different moments that I didn't really expect.
1: Mm. So you do music full-time now, correct? Yeah. So what's what's that transition like for going and working you know, in the social aspect and then transitioning into that kind of full-time role of, of doing something you truly love and you're calling. I think it was just for me figuring
0: out how to wake up with the intention to create every day mm. and without, you know, being afraid of that. Cause it could be daunting to, to think about it. Um, But I really take it one day at a time. Like, you know, I have my studio kind of like yourself. Got everything in this room to record and make demos and write. But I think that a song starts with, like, concepts and ideas. And for me, most of the time, what am I trying to say? And those ideas come from, you know, biking around and... You know, going bowling and hanging out with people and and all that sort of stuff so i don't try to get too wrapped up into sit on this computer at this desk and write a song you know i try to really like experience things and you know have fun with friends and take moments and emotions from that and then you know write.
1: Mm.
0: so it's so just been were... like that balance you know
1: yeah, so for you you mentioned the kind of daunting task of waking up and creating. Um what in addition to that was daunting about it? Was it the expectation that you had to write a song, a full song? Was it something that you you had a client that you had to finish a project for? Like what was what about it was daunting?
0: I think the thing about like making art And chasing your passions is that sometimes there is no deadline and there is nothing that you, you know, have to turn in. And so it's like really within yourself and what is moving me that day. And like, yeah, I mean, like, what if I told myself, oh, I want to write another record, you know, in a year, by next year? I mean, that's somewhat like feasible but I don't know maybe it's not I just I don't I don't really want to have that kind of formula you know I don't Mm -hmm. think art should come from there and I don't think I don't know I just for me personally I want art to come from you know what's inspiring and what's moving to me and like collaborating with people and and that sort of thing I don't want to like make a record because i i need a record you know
1: Mm. that's a really interesting point and it's it's uh goes to the point that you can't force art to be created like you have to it has to have time in order to kind of manifest so you can experience the feelings and the moments and the people conversations and really foster those those emotions into a song um So how do you translate those emotions and those uh those moments in time into pieces of music? Well, I
0: just kind of usually think about what conceptually like what is is there a story I'm trying to tell or is there a moment I'm trying to zoom in on or is there a sometimes is there like an old memory that I you know like to revisit you know it's is yeah it's it's like there's no rules kind of Mm -hmm. or someone told me a story and I want to tell it you know Mm -hmm could be could be anything um and then I just kind of start with the one instrument and um usually like guitar keys, maybe some uh percussion and and that's it, and I kind of just write to that i I take everything really simply, like just bare bones um and I try and write a good song, and um yeah, I'll usually start with honestly like three chords and um if i think if i think a song is good at the end with three chords just guitar and vocal then i know really it could could really go somewhere
1: (laughs) sure yeah i think if it's it's crazy how music does that where if you can strip it down to like its absolute simplicity Mm -hmm. and it's still a good song then that that means it's it's something yeah that's Um, my favorite Yeah, for sure. I I always push myself to like, I have ideas. I don't. I'm not really a lyricist or an actual. I write. I'm a producer more so. So Mm. I actually write the music and put all the beats in and chords and samples and all that stuff. Um, But I tend to find myself like, oh, this is really good. After you know an eight bar loop, it's like okay, I've got like three things, and I kind of like the way these chords are going. And I keep going, but there's sometimes where you have these chords, and it's like, eh, this isn't going to amount to anything." And you keep changing the chords and the instruments, and it just doesn't work out. Um, but it's it's interesting that. how that works. Yeah i I really try not to get so
0: swept up in in chords and such, because like when I think about writing and I think about music, and for me, I want to, you know chase my strengths and that's not usually chords you know I mm. kind of do what I can on here just to drive these stories and the narratives and what I'm trying to say um and yeah I feel like if I get too wrapped up in the chords I kind of end up like holding myself back just because I know mm. it can all be changed later like yeah sure but the story is what the what can't change
1: yeah Absolutely. So I watched your performance um of Erase Me. I think it was on your YouTube channel. And mm-hmm. I think you performed that on NPR. Yeah. And where the guitar had went out for like 5 <laughs> seconds. Yeah, uh, that's our
0: that that uh, we entered the Tiny Disc contest with that video and it won. So yeah, that was the moment.
1: Okay, the t- yeah. It was such a such a powerful performance. And I found myself absolutely zoned into the story that you were telling through the lyrics. And I, I want to dig into it just a little bit more. Um, so talk about how that song came about and what it means to you. Yeah, that
0: song I wrote um, after i was kind of experiencing like society perceiving me you know as a man instead of this masculine woman prior and um that's it 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 really just came from this kind of change in how folks were seeing me and treating me and um yeah, and so anyway I wrote the song and it turned out a lot of people like felt it relevant to them and their story. And obviously it was so such a specific thing for me, but realizing that so many other people could kind of feel it for them, I thought that was really special.
1: Mm. Yeah, it was very very special. Um, and it was just like I caught myself just totally zoned out and encapsulated by A, the performance, the set looked amazing and and then just the lyrics and the story that you were telling. Thank so you. talk about your your story a little bit from transitioning from a woman to a man, and what that was like in in Alaska. Um
0: for me. Uh, pretty underwhelming I look the same so it's like yeah I don't know it was that's what the song is about like people really were treating me better after the fact and I think I was yeah when I was like outwardly looking kind of like masculine woman that was people didn't like that here. This is a red state and like you know, people don't like things that's different than them. And um sure. yeah, and then as I started to kind of like conform a bit more on this more uh um, masculine side of the spectrum, I just felt like a weight lifted off of me like from that other people were putting on me. So
1: mm. yeah. And were you were you getting a lot of support from friends and family or was yeah. it kind of yeah? Yeah.
0: Yeah, everybody was pretty, whatever. It's not you know, it's not that deep. Mm. So, yeah, like I said, like you know, everyone's story is pretty different. Um, mm-hmm. Mine, you know, I've always worn these clothes. You know, it's like it's just pretty slow going.
1: Sure. Well, that's that's good. Um, I'm I'm glad you were able to have a support system. Um, because I know how difficult that can be when you're really trying to find who you are and identify who you are. Not that it even matters if you put a label on yourself, um, yeah. especially in a in a state that, like you said, is is pretty red and conservative. For sure. Um, yeah, it can be. Is so. Is there a lot of transgender or LGBTQ people in Anchorage or around your area in Alaska?
0: Oh, we're we're everywhere.
1: <laughs> oh, that's great. That's what I like to hear
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a cool we've got a cool scene here for sure um, It's a cool place for sure everyone should visit
1: figuratively and literally yeah <laughs> it's it's quite cold um, <laughs> but yeah that's that's good um that there's a good community there, and there's a lot of people that are there to support um you um so I'm really curious to learn more about um is it is it is tribes the proper term for it that you're part of? Um e, well, for like you're indigenous cuz you're part of the Atna Athabas I don't know I'm a- I am
0: Aetna Athabaskan and Inupiaq okay. as well. Uh we do have tribes, not everybody does. So if okay. we're talking about me as a person, I'm I'm Aetna,
1: yeah. Okay. And talk a little bit about what those are because I love learning about these types of things. So talk a little bit about what they are and what they mean to you.
0: Um, what they are? It's just like if if you are Irish or whatever, you're Irish. I'm Atna. You know, that's
1: ah, yeah. Okay. I
0: don't know if you're Irish, but... <laughs> no,
1: I don't think I am Irish. Uh, maybe a little bit, but not really. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, we're indigenous to Alaska. Um, you know, my people have been s- just... Yeah, here in Alaska on these lands for generations and generations. And... um. I come from a long line of creators and uh, makers and, you know,
1: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: People doing amazing things. My great-grandfather was a violin maker, a woodworker, and, wow. yeah, really cool. And um, my great-grandmother is named Laura Wright, and she um, was a famous Alaskan parkie maker, which is a Alaska Native jacket. Um for the winter made out of fur, you know, and other things. And um in the summertime there's summer parkies and yeah, she had patented her design way back when and um still has the family business going in Anchorage, downtown Anchorage today. My great aunt um runs it and um yeah, it's just you know we we grew up native, and that's our culture, and our culture is rich in music and uh love and stories and um art and so that's just something that was it has been ingrained in me and that my family continues to put into our nieces and nephews and and all that so that's just that's just who we are
1: yeah, just uh. Naturally born to create and put art into the world, and and diversify um, so many amazing things. Um, mm-hmm. So, how about your parents? Are your parents musical people? Do you have any siblings?
0: Yeah, my my dad um, taught me to play guitar, and uh-huh. yeah, I got me my first instrument, and you know, it's been at all my shows. Oh, that's um, great. Every time I go on tour, he'll. He'll make a flyover to a stop or two, you know.
1: Oh, that's definitely
0: sweet. my biggest fan. And um, mm. my mom's a big time karaoke singer. So, you know.
1: <laughs> What's her go to karaoke
0: song? <laughs> Carol King, So Far Away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I
1: was yeah, going to say, good. I was hoping it wasn't uh, Cindy Lauper's Girl Just Want to Have Fun. that's a little high (laughs) yeah that's that's true that's a hard one to sing yeah (laughs) but yeah it's just one of those songs that if i hear it if i hear it again it'll be too soon yeah yeah but you have do you have any siblings
0: yeah yeah Uh, i've got three older sisters and they they don't do music but they do other sorts of crafts and whatnot and some neph uh some nephews and niece and nephew plays guitar and so
1: Okay. So yeah. talk about the NPR video submission of Erase Me and then kind of you won and then what happened after that.
0: Um so- So I submitted Erase Me to the tiny desk and ended up winning. And Bob calls me on the phone. He's like, okay, you won. I'm freaking out. And he goes, but you can't tell anyone for four days. (laughs) He said, you could tell one person. I'm thinking to myself, how am I going to keep this secret? Sure. So I kind of kept the secret because I told two people. Oh, <laughs> and then um yeah after that I just just things you know started happening I I guess I only put out two songs independently and I only put those songs out like right before I entered the contest and it was like I, I just never wanted to put songs out kind of on my own and you know I wasn't maybe I wasn't really happy with them either and so i just held all my music really close to my heart um as someone who was you know still like playing a bunch of local shows and doing that sort of stuff it was like i kind of kept everything off the you know internet kind of deal and uh then i got to go on tour with um a bunch of people kind of you know started a team of folks and um signed to the record label ps and got to make a record in london so i went over to london worked with bullion who was just amazing like i had just an incredible time working with him and uh it was my first time in london too so i was like riding that high and um I was, I'm just so happy with like the work that we created and I was there for like two and a half months and, um, yeah, it was so cool. And, you know, now got that EP out today. So it's like, everything's really, you know, this is a good day to just take a moment to be proud of this work and to share it. And, um, yeah, like I've been waiting a really long time to put, put more music out. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. And um hopefully I'll play some shows soon, but I have no idea.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, what's it what's it like releasing the the album or the EP? How does it feel? It feels really good. It feels really good. I'm really
0: happy with the songs and, you know, I feel like they're a fair representation of me and my writing and um, you know, my silliness. And uh, I just think it's about time I shared some stuff, but yeah, can't wait to put more stuff out too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's such an exhilarating thing to put music out because there's like so much that goes into like the pre-release and then when it's released, it's like you unleash the cannons. And it's like full-blown marketing, promo, uh, interviews, talking about it, social media posts, uh, Mm. getting people to like it and download it and stream it. And it's uh, it's like that whole transition from creative mode to marketing mode. Yeah, Um, and that's not like my thing. No, it's not a lot of people's thing. It's there's so much that goes into marketing that it's it gets to be really, really overwhelming. Yeah. um, And quite daunting. So, do you produce all of the music yourself or do you just songwrite or how does how do you kind of write music?
0: So, I write the songs mostly in this room here. Um, and so, um, they don't really get produced, I would say, by me because I keep everything really bare bones with the intention to produce it later. Sure. And um, so basically all my demos that I sent to Nathan uh, Bullion were like three, three stems, vocal, key, drum, vocal, key, guitar. Um, and then in London, you know, we kind of re- redid everything and... Um, started them up kind of, um, Nathan, you know, wrote some new, um, chord changes and, you know, certain things like that. And, um, yeah, it was, it was really cool process to kind of see where the songs went and, and how that works and that sort of thing.
1: Mm. so is he the only producer that you work with or, or do you have other producers that you work with as well
0: he's the only producer i i worked with for the for these songs and um my friend nick who plays guitar in the erase me video he um he he's basically kind of helped me with a lot of these songs from from the start, you know, me and him write songs and share them with each other and kind of like say, oh, change this, change that. And um, yeah, so I know with Bubblegum I played him that song and I didn't have a chorus for it. And um, I was like, dude, I don't know about this chorus. He's like, well, what are you trying to say? And I was just like, I don't know. I don't know who I am. (laughs) And he was like, that's it! You know? And so that that was the chorus and yeah i think that's a really good example of like collaborating with your friends and you know asking for help and yeah everybody kind of every piece of writing that you know nathan or nick did for my songs is like made them better and i think that's that's the point
1: mm that is the point to make songs better to be, you know, pieces of art that you are proud of Mm -hmm. and are happy performing. Um, so what is, I mean, you talked about your creative process a little bit earlier in the episode and how you sit down and you write a song and you're going out and you're experimenting and you're finding these, uh, different moments and you're hiking and you're out with your friends and, and all that stuff. um, talk a little bit about how that songwriting process happens are you able to sit down and write for a week straight or do you often find yourself writing for a few hours a day or what does it kind of look like for you it's it's so different every time
0: like this goes back to like not having a formula cuz i just don't want to like put myself in a box but not even consciously honestly it's just like um Loaded Gun, I I think I I wrote in um, two days. And then Nick came and wrote the bridge chords. And then Good Boy was written in uh, two hours, you know, sitting in the living room with my partner kind of just rehashing like memories and experiences and like just laughing and crying and you know all that and um and then i have a song coming out soon can't say when but it it took me like three months to get it right and and but i'm really proud of it you know and i never wanted to like give up on it but it it started with a concept and yeah i just like i hammered it for like hours each day and i thought it, i thought it was never going to get there and then it got there one day and like that was it and so i really it was just like a testament, like, don't give up on these, like, weird, horrible demos because, like, they have potential. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> that's a good... Uh, and it, when you have something, a piece of art that you just want to be so, such a beautiful thing, it's, like, makes it even more difficult to just give up on it. Yeah. Uh, and it's almost like, why can't I give up on this? What about yeah. this song is allowing me or pushing me to keep working on this? Mm-hmm and it's like I don't know it's just you go into it with a different intention and it has to have this message and it's uh, it just you have to have it come out a certain way
0: yeah yeah 100% I mean it's it's like when do you know the song's finished like I don't really I mean I just know like when the story is told you know but yeah, it's it's been fun to play with that like where where do you start songs or stories and what timelines and how long is the is the timeline of the song is it years or uh a week or a day, you know? It's yeah, it could go anywhere.
1: It's uh, yeah, that's I have like 5 or 6 songs that there's no lyrics but the production is virtually completed and I keep opening up the project file in FL studio and I keep like listening through and watching and looking at all the automation and everything and going, what can I do to this to make it even better? Mm. And I'm like, nothing it's done. Leave it alone and move on. Mm -hmm. But it's so hard to do that, to just leave it. And a friend of mine connected me with a vocalist that we're going to meet up next year, I think, at the beginning of the year, and hopefully that will help inspire some new ideas, but otherwise I just sit and I play with a song, and it just... You can tweak a song for eternity, and there has to be a point where you just say, okay, I'm done. It's time to move on. Well,
0: you did what your strength is, you know? Yes. And so I think, yeah, absolutely, it's done. And so you can... Yeah, find that vocalist or writer that can bring their strength to it. And then mm-hmm. you have this like beautiful collaboration. I have a couple, yeah. I did two of those with Nathan. Um, they're not out yet, but yeah, basically, I just wrote music, wrote uh, a song over his fully produced song.
1: And do you find that more difficult to do that? Or do you find it easier to do that versus writing from total scratch?
0: i have found that doing that is a little more um maybe like time consuming but it's so much fun like i i have so much fun writing the songs and like getting through that process and so like looking back on them it's so fun to kind of hear something that someone made that inspires you so much to like sit with it for a few weeks and you know by the end of it it feels like a piece of yours and I think that's a really good feeling.
1: So what advice do you have to producers or even vocalists, songwriters who are work wanting to work with each other or work with other trying to find that perfect musical partner? What advice would you have as a songwriter? um that
0: i do believe collaboration is key i mean i do a lot of um stuff on my own too but i think that people are so inspiring and you know when people do things better than you and everybody brings their different strengths to the table i think that's when really really good art gets made and also it is totally stressful to kind of like nowadays with, um, the pandemic, it's like people are getting on zoom and writing a song and that's like anxiety inducing, you know, like what if, what if you don't have anything that day or whatever. And yeah, I've like, I've even done the zoom thing and, um, it went great. You know, I've had like one writing session where it was like a little weird, but I think you have to have those. It's like, It's like dating, you know, you find people that you click with and um, yeah, maybe you go on a second date.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's a good way of putting it.
0: Yeah. It's like, it's totally cool that way. And I think like, I just think there's space for everything that we make. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think like a big, a big point for me, like with collaborations, I guess, um, is I never go into anything, you know, wanting something to, um, have at the end, Mm. like that wouldn't be it for me. I have to go in knowing that whatever we make can go in the trash at the end. And like, really it was just about the fun and the, and the process. And so kind of take like the stress off of it, you know,
1: Mm. keep it a little less. removing any expectations
0: yeah yeah, no homework, no like industry weird stuff just just do do what it is why we do it make make this song because you want to make the song, uh, you know not because you want someone to hear it.
1: yeah, that's really good advice, and I think we can get carried away we We start thinking about promo and and mm-hmm. releasing it and pushing it and before while we're in that creative session, and it kind of hinders the the creativity, yeah. Um, And expectation. So that's, that's a really good point. Um, What is something right now that inspires you the most? Like anything in this moment?
0: Right now, because it's um, winter and so freezing here, a lot of TV, I've been watching lots of movies and TV and like, I just get inspired by, you know, all the dialogue and emotions Uh and drama and, you know, it. it's, it's all stories, right? And yeah. so it's just like another medium to kind of sponge off of. And yeah.
1: What what are some shows that you watch or movies?
0: Uh, recently, I was really inspired by the movie Coyote Ugly. Like I had, okay. hadn't watched it in forever. And then I revisited it and it was just so good and such good feelings in that movie of like, you know, a songwriter moving to New York to try and make it and like everything that goes into that. And I don't know. Then she's just at the end singing on the bar and, and and that was, that was all she needed. Yeah. And that feeling is really big, but she's just at a bar and I feel like we all had that feeling before. Sure. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's interesting. Um, And some of those movies are like really humbling and it's like, you chase so many things and when ultimately you really have everything you need right in your backyard for sure. And it's like, wow, I, I thought I wanted to be touring stadiums like Taylor Swift, but in reality <laughs> I just have a passion for connecting with people, friends and family at the local bar or at the local hub. Yeah. Um, and that's all I need. Yeah, and it's it's really kind of humbling because everybody chases that superstardom when Mm -hmm. that's not really for everybody. Yeah, and um, yeah, that gets away from us a lot. Uh, So who, um, who is a musician that you would like to work with, dead or alive, that even further inspires you?
0: Uh, Linda Perry, mm. um, and maybe one more I have, uh, Fiona Apple.
1: Ah, very yeah. good decisions.
0: just maybe both at the same time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Why, why those two? Um,
0: because I don't really have a lot of opportunities to work with women in music. And so I always think of my collaborations, like, you know, what kind of spaces I feel safe in. And it's, it's you know, around women. And um, I just love both of their art. Like, it's so artistic and out there i mean obviously like fiona apple is very like sound in the wherever the sound comes from kind of and um linda perry is like just a legend and yeah
1: so interesting um yeah two really good very diverse musicians as well um Mm -hmm. so Talk about just briefly what it's like, because you, you said you don't get to collaborate with a lot of women. What is that like? Are you, is it, are you seeing more opportunities to collaborate? Are you seeing fewer opportunities? Or what's, what's, what's kind of the, the temperature on that? Um,
0: I don't know. Maybe... Maybe I spoke too soon. Maybe I'm just getting started.
1: <laughs> That's a good point i think I think you have a, you have a very diverse world, and I think you will you will continue to to transform what yeah. music is. Yeah. Um, so keeping an open mind is important, and yeah uh, uh, obviously the world is is your apple, I guess oyster. <laughs> i'll take it yeah for sure um cool we've been talking for almost an hour now and this has been a really really good conversation and you write all of your music within that room that you're in and i can kind of feel the energy coming (laughs) through the screen there's just i see the piano there i see the two microphones i see some clipboards with it looks like some lyrics on them yes yes um I can end a guitar in the background. I, not to be nosy, but it's kind of fun to see where everybody. Sometimes there's kids running around, and it's like, what is going on there? But
0: no, this is a very peaceful place over here. Yes,
1: I don't see any kids running around, so that's that's good. <laughs> just dogs, just dogs. Oh, what kind
0: of dogs do you have? I have two little ones, like little poodle and a little schnauzer.
1: I love schnauzers. My piano teacher when I was younger had a schnauzer, and it was the yeah. cutest little thing. They're cute. They're loud, but they're they they are loud. Yeah. <laughs> what are their
0: names? Uh, Taylor and Ronnie, um, named after Sailor Moon and Veronica Mars.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's cute. Yeah. That's cute. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great. Yeah, I love dogs. So. <laughs> How can the listeners keep up with you and all the music that you're working on and all that stuff? Um, all
0: my music is, you know, everywhere you stream and I'm on um, Instagram and, you know, Twitter and I don't know. I'm not really on that actually, but um, yeah, you can find me, Quinn cool. Christopherson.
1: Cool. I will link those in the descriptions as well so everybody can keep up with you. Cool. Thank Um, you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for being on the show, Quinn. Stay warm, stay safe. And um, yeah, I look forward to hearing more music from you in the coming months, years.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And good luck with your produced track. I hope you get some sick vocals on it.
1: Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I'm feeling the energy and the love. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Quinn. See ya. Bye.